0: It's another Thursday here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm Jamal. Will is there. And we're going to get wrestling started in a moment. But first, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, This is your first warning. January is coming. And January is our break. Wrestling doesn't have an offseason, but we sure as hell do. Uh, You take time after the holidays to recharge, rewind, decompress, and then get back after the Royal Rumble. So just let it be known that uh, we take January's off. So it's a couple more shows for us as we march towards the end of the year. This is, uh, you know, just before we get started officially, let me just say congratulations to Sammy Guevara and and Tay Guevara. Uh, they gave birth to a lovely baby girl, 8.4 ounces and 24 hours of labor. So if you're not saying that, uh, you know, Ty isn't doing the work, she definitely is after 24 <laughs> hours, good Lord. But uh, Luna Guevara, uh, Luna Mello Guevara, uh, November 28th, 2023, and that is a day after Ryan Cabrera and Alexa Bliss uh, you know, celebrated the birth of their child uh, on November 27th, so a busy week for both of those families, and congratulations to them. On the show tonight, we saw The Iron Claw. Officially, we can't talk about it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and we're definitely not going to do that, but we saw The Iron Claw. Uh, if you have any questions for us about that movie— Hit us up on everything at Big Old Belt and, you know, well, we can have a discussion about it off screen because there's an embargo going on. But we will have an absolutely have a non-spoiler review and a spoiler review uh, that will be coming up later on. Uh, but right now, of course, the biggest story in wrestling is CM Punk. So let's just get that out of the way. The Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast on a Thursday starts when Will hits the button. It's again, another Thursday. It's the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm Jamal, he's Will, and you here on a Thursday. Uh, You can catch us everywhere that there is somewhere to catch us on all the social medias at Big Gold Belt. Drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, Let us know what you're watching, you know, around the wrestling world and in other things, too, because in Big Gold Belt Media, uh, wrestling, movies, comics, and more, like literally. It's a lot of stuff coming out because we're getting towards (laughs) award season in the uh, movie sphere uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. AEW has a big pay-per-view uh, coming up at the end of the year with Worlds and uh, the culmination of their Continental Classic Tournament. Uh, and then, you know, we can't kick off the show without the big story in wrestling, and that is, of course, the re-debut, back for the first time, uh, CM Punk. Charles Montgomery Punkington III uh, finally came back to WWE when everybody said that he would. not Now, Will, uh, did, you, did you see Survivor Series Live? Or did you catch it after the fact?
1: I did watch it live. So I what saw was your it reaction immediately
0: in that moment? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I will give them a hell of a lot of credit here. Because Laura knows it was, it was the cloud hanging over Chicago. Since they were in Chicago, it's all anyone's been talking about for a month. And I think they played this masterfully, the way they pulled this off that night. Where they had a whole tease going on with Randy Orton. We'll talk about him later when we break down Survivor Series with his return. Where Randy wasn't there. He hadn't shown up to the building yet. So they had that story going on during the show where it's like, oh, maybe they're going to have to replace him with someone. But no, Randy shows up. He shows up at time. He makes war games, runs wild and all that. Like I said, we'll talk about that later. Cody and his team are celebrating. They've won war games. The camera's panning away. Nice big wide shot of the building. The graphic comes up in the bottom. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023 World Wrestling Entertainment. The show is pretty much fading to black. And then all of a sudden, the static hit. The TV static hit. The music hit. And the damn building came unglued. And I think they played it perfectly because all that happened was Punk came out. He kind of waved everybody, you know. He high fived some folks. He didn't say a word. It was just the deal of, guess what? I'm here. It's real. It's happening. As Triple H tweeted that night, hell froze over because he is back with WWE after a decade and lawsuits and all kinds of drama. But I like the way they played it that night. Where that's all that happened. Just he's here. We got him. You have to tune in to see what's up. But he's here
0: now. Realistically, what does that mean for WWE? Mm. Because it's not like they need him. Right. And yes, the surprise is one thing. And, and obviously that moment is a moment that those people in attendance, people watching, fans and detractors alike, are going to remember. But now that we're past that moment, now what? Because is CM Punk a, uh, you know, the, the person that we need to see nowadays? Regardless of the backstage stuff in AEW, the ring work wasn't there. This wasn't right. like we have, you know, 31 year old CM Punk about to go and, and and tear the roof off the place. He was a brittle, old, battered man in AEW. Made the
1: glass.
0: <laughs> right. <seems> like. <laughs> so, so, going forward in WWE, what do we expect from him?
1: Yeah, it's real interesting. It's real interesting. Hello, Ms. McKeever, joining us tonight on Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast on a Thursday night. I'm really curious because, yes, the in-ring was very rocky the last time around. He, he would last for maybe a month or so at a time, and there would be an injury of a some major sort or injury. another. It, oh, yeah, a, a broken foot or, yeah. you know, and or even just the most random stuff, like the foot injury was from jumping into the crowd, you know. It wasn't right. even from a match. It was just like the dumbest of luck this guy was having. So, yeah, I like I said, they did not need CM Punk but there's no denying that he provides a spark. He provides a whole of a lot of damn attention. Raw did a monster number the next night because of him and Randy Orton showing up. Um, The curiosity is definitely there about exactly what is he going to do? How is he going to fit in? I mean, as we go on and talking about this, the biggest drama fallout of the next night on raw was that it seemed like most people were upset that he didn't, he didn't rock the boat. He didn't cause a whole bunch of drama on raw. So I think right now there's a novelty factor. There's a big novelty factor that I think they can milk that for a while. Long-term, I'm not sure. I think part of, a course, is going to depend on his health. Another thing in his favor is going to be he's been gone 10 years. So there are a ton of fresh matchups they can do that have never been done. All right. Because there's, just you know, pretty, not a lot of people that were there 10 years ago are still there now. So if he can be healthy... In his 40s, if he can do something, there is stuff he could absolutely be used to do. It's just, you know, there's just a lot of wild cards here between his attitude, between if he's willing to play ball and and everything. I mean the whole damn story of AEW, you know, that was very, you know, we, we've regurgitated that tons of times. Yeah. So where we go from here with this, I don't know. It's yeah, right now I think we're very much in a I feel like this is this is the tryout period where it's like, okay, he's got a show up. Is he going to get along with everybody backstage? Is he going to be on his best behavior? It seems like right now, that's the reports that, you know, hey, everything's cool, but it's only been two
0: shows. Right. But I also think that part of that is that Punk is in a completely different situation. I firmly believe and have stand on the grounds that CM Punk was brought into AEW to be the veteran quarterback that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. To, you know, talk to the young guys, to give them the rub, to, to, you know, elevate the locker room. WWE doesn't need that from them. You know, WWE has their merch, you know, money. that That's, that's what they're going to do. They have their people, you know, in the positions where they need to be. They just got Cody. They just got Orton back. You know, Drew McIntyre may or may not be there for a while. AJ Styles is, you know, not long for the company. Rollins has been elevated. You know, The Miz is doing Yeoman's work. Sheamus is, you know. They have the people, and they have a, a handful of people in NXT that are ready to be the next person's up. So they don't really need him to do anything other than be the nostalgia manic that he is for a lot of people that remember him from ten years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think in that regard, it's not a matter of like can CM Punk hold it together? He's not being asked to do anything other than being CM Punk.
1: Yeah, like just special attraction essentially. Yeah. Is his right. role, and that—that that is a very good point because it's a world of difference. Being an attraction, he doesn't have to be around all the time. He yeah. could be plugged in here and there. He could disappear and do, you know, MMA commentary or whatever style stuff he wants to do. Go to his hockey games in Chicago right. and all that and support his Blackhawks. He—he he would not have to be around all the time. Whereas AEW, the idea was he was going to be the guy.
0: He, he was, was going, going to, be, to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, in the locker room, on the roster, on television. You know, he was put in a position at, at the top. You know, to go there and and drive the boat. Yeah, and that's to the, very hell, to the to the point that when everything
1: blew up, they found it important enough to be like, no, we need him to come back. That we will create a show just for him. You know, right? That, so it's like he could not have been more in a position where he was being depended on to be that guy to be a face right. of the company. Which right. here. It'd be a case of he would be one of, you know, six or eight major faces in that top right. mix, but not the top guy. He he right. ain't replaced to no Roman Reigns. And I'm sure I don't even see him replacing a Cody at this point, as high as Cody is right now. Right,
0: A uh, Cody, uh, L.A. Knight, who's, you know, had him a hell of a year. Rollins. Um, yeah, Rollins, Definitely. Uh, and then you have guys like Lashley, who's still you know keep doing it, you know. And so I mean, they Jay Uso, who's
1: red hot right now on a singles run. I mean, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely, absolutely. And God forbid you bring up a guy from NXT um, to come in there and insert them in a, in a major way. So, so what they, so what he's asked to do are totally different things. Now, and of course, you got to remember why CM Punk left in the first place, and that was because of a disagreement on how a match would play out. You know I mean He got into it with, with Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy wanted to do something. CM Punk wanted to do something else. No, I don't want to do that. You're not my real dad. Like, okay, bro, <laughs> sure. And Jungle Boy's still suspended from it. Like, we don't, you know, we, don't, we haven't seen him since that. So it seemed to be like a lot of petty, ego-driven, uh, uh, you know, BS in the AEW backstage, which is exactly what we talked about. And that's kind of like to the question about WWE. You can't just insert CM Punk without moving somebody around. Mm -hmm. So who gets pushed down the ladder? Who gets pushed up the ladder to make room for CM Punk?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting question. Because I think right now, looking at, we were talking about this in our group chat. As soon as he showed up, it's like, well, what do they do? And where do they put him? And right off the bat, I'm like, well, they got to put him on Raw. My thing is, like, he's got to be on Raw right now, especially because I think, like I said, right now, right now is all about testing the waters. So I wouldn't put him anywhere near Roman Reigns and the Bloodline storyline. It's like, no, 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 you keep that all like insulated and away from this in case this goes sideways real quick. So the easy storyline it seems like they're going to do is they're going to program him with Seth Rollins. And it's easy money in the respect of, okay. They got, they're already leaning into the idea of essentially Seth using the talking points of the folks that are pissed off at it. You're a hypocrite for showing up here. You've been doing nothing but trashing everybody. We don't want you back here and all this. So, so basically, okay. John
0: Cena versus The Rock.
1: Yeah. So, so you got, so there you go. So, Again. Seth's obviously good. You got Roman and all them good over there. So, I'm looking at Raw. It's like, who would be getting pushed down in this scenario? And it's hard to say. Um, God, mate, I would say Drew McIntyre, but I really like they they clearly have plans for him right now because they have this great little tweener thing going on with him. He was probably in the most danger, but I think they have a plan for him. They got is he, a lot, is it, he still
0: slated to leave though?
1: So the, the talk is that his contract is up next year
0: and next that, year. you know,
1: right right I thought and it was the like, end of the year and yeah and much like MJ well it was one of those deals where, you know time's been added because he's been injured at different times and all this okay. so the last I was hearing was you know next year but not like you know in two or three months or anything okay. it was definitely pr- probably post mania I think is what we're looking at but okay. they they're they have a clear direction with him now where they've and they've where I really like what they're doing with him, where his whole deal now is like, hell, they put him on the heel along with Judgment Day and War Games with the idea that like, I'm not with you guys. I'm here to get Jey Uso. That's the guy I have a problem with. And if that makes me part of, you know, the bad team, then that's fine. Because my issue is with him and not, you know, the greater situation here. So, yeah, I think Drew's going to be okay. Maybe, you know, actually... Here's pro- This is probably who might be in trouble right here. It was brought up the other day, and I was thinking about it. Damian Priest and his Money in the Bank briefcase. What do you do with that now? Because there's no shortage of challengers now for Seth. Seth got CM Punk. He got Drew McIntyre. Jey Uso's there. You got Sami Zayn making rumblings about going for the title. There's no shortage of challengers. They are in no kind of situation where... They need to get that briefcase into play to create something for the title picture. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Damian priest, yeah, he's got that briefcase. There's plenty of time to still do something with that. But the way it's looking to be right now, between now and WrestleMania, I don't see any reason for him to be cashing that thing in. So I think it would just muddy the waters of all the possibilities they have sitting right in front of them. So uh, Damian priest, I think might be, he might be on the bubble here. He might be on the bubble in this situation. Oh,
0: yeah. is anyone jumping out at you? Um, actually, no, because I think that Punk, as an attraction, can kind of fit in that Lesnar, Undertaker, you know, type of type of role where you got to think of what their schedules going to look like coming up before WrestleMania. They're going to Australia, right. for a show that's a pay per view. Um, and then they have they probably going to have a Saudi show in the spring because they need to do two a year, right. And then you have WrestleMania in Philadelphia, and that's. All within the first three three months of the year, because WrestleMania is April seventh or eighth or something like that, right? So, but in within the next four months, uh, which isn't a long time—that's only a third of a year—in the next four months, they still have to some major spots for uh, your Punk to be inserted into a show, and realistically, because let's just say that it is true that he's still the hothead, blah blah blah, prima donna don't book him long term anyway Mm -hmm. so we don't really we can just insert him here you know maybe a four-week build for a pay-per-view oh i'll see you in australia i'll see you in Jeddah. i'll see you at wrestlemania and then the other month he can be away calling blackhawks games or whatever he wants to do um you know so he spends the next couple weeks building himself up okay cool he takes the next couple of weeks off, you know, hunting down Coke Cabana for you know lunch money. And then he comes back, you know, rinse, repeat. Uh, and it's no different than oh my god, the music hits in Brock Lesnar. Oh my right. god, the gong hits and it's the Undertaker. Right. So I don't I don't see why not. Now, I don't know I brought it up to you just a minute ago, uh, before we went on the air. Keep seeing a rumor pop up. That you know, CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin uh-huh, is, a, is an uh-huh. idea that's being floated somewhere in the bowels of the WWE builder. Now, as much as I don't like that idea for a number of reasons, <laughs> this is what I think they're going to use Punk for. You just said that there's a lot of first-time matchups mm-hmm. that could happen. There's a lot of uh, you know, never befores uh, you know could happen, and also there's a lot of we need to get this match done before they're both retired for real. Right Um, matches that could happen. So I think that that's what you use it before. Uh, You make the special attractions actually special, and you kind of keep them, you know, as this like your figure hovering over, um, over the, um, over the place. You know, he doesn't have to be involved. He just needs to be present. Because realistically, I I don't know if CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk is known for his matches and stuff like that, but he's more known for his promo work. So. Give him five minutes in a live mic, and you know we can keep it moving.
1: Yeah. Now let's. We haven't touched on that yet. On uh, the end of Raw with his first time with a microphone and how a lot of people were uh, not exactly uh, over the moon with how his uh, his promo went. So what,
0: how exactly did that go? Because I missed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the two the two big parts of it were um he came out there. And the first big line he dropped was essentially he alluded to, you know, that he's changed. He's not the same guy. And this, you know, this isn't going to sound like him. But then the first big line was I'm home, which, of course, coming from him, you know, probably like, oh, my God, how could how could he call WWE home after all this? You know, so that was that was the first big line was I'm home. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much other than that, he just kind of like, look, I'm here people are worried about me being here because I'm the most controversial guy and all this and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I'm the best in the world. You know, it was a very paint by numbers, generic CM Punk promo. He didn't take any shots at the other company outside of a little line. He snuck in at the end. That isn't necessarily a shot, but some people want to say it could possibly be, but it was very, just kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm here, I'm back. Hell's froze over. And, uh, Let's go to work. And then at the very end, when they hit his music again, he looked into the camera and he just into the camera said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. And that was like the very last line as they went off the air. So some people took that as like, you know, a shot at the other side, but there was nothing, you know, direct, you know, clear, like big things. Like, you know, like when Mm -hmm. he showed up in a AEW in Chicago, and was like that, you know, that other company tried to kill me and, you know, Depression and all this, and you know all the health problems he had. There wasn't anything like that. There wasn't anything you know talking about. Well, that wouldn't be true hours. if
0: he said that it, about AEW.
1: Yeah, who who knows? Who knows? yeah? I mean, he AEW. broke
0: his own dumbass foot for trying to drop drop off the stage as a forty year old man.
1: Yeah, there th- was there was no allusions to, uh, to 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 beating up and getting in a fight with uh Dylan McKay or anything. Yeah. Whole, none all that stuff. So um, yeah, it was so a lot of people seemed like they were underwhelmed by that, but. To me, it was like, it's his first promo. We got two months to even get to Royal Rumble. There is a lot of damn time to fill. And knowing how WWE operates, I think the other thing is, in their head, they look at it like, this is a guy who has not been here in 10 years. And for those 10 years, they have erased him, essentially, from their history. They don't mention him. Never promote him or nothing, since they're on such bad terms. Yeah, he's so he's I down
0: think, there with Chris Benoit, you know, at the bottom yeah. of the list.
1: Yeah, exactly. He he was, you know, the, he who must not be named, and yeah. all this. So now that he's back, I think they looked at that promo as like, you know, what? There's a whole lot of people watching this show that don't know who this guy is. So this is his intro. Right. This this is simply an introduction, and then we go from there.
0: Well, then let me ask you this about the promo itself. If you are a, a WWE fan and in right. that cult that is the WWE fandom. Right. You already don't like AEW. You don't need a reason to like AEW. So having Punk rant for 20 minutes like he did when he debuted in AEW about a, uh, something that you already don't want to hear about, well, why right. would he do that? That doesn't really no. speak to that audience. Right. So I don't know why people would be so, other than like the general salaciousness of it, because, oh, he should on the competition that you already shit on. So... What more could he say that the internet doesn't say themselves from a WWE fanboy perspective? So, uh, I don't know. That just seems to be much ado about nothing. But, so, the punk stuff, notwithstanding, uh, Survivor Series. Yes. Uh, how, how did you like that, in overall?
1: Survivor Series, I think we got lost in the shuffle a bit with Survivor Series. The biggest damn thing to me was, that show was done in under three hours. It was tight. It was like very compact. It was like 1050 out here on the East Coast when CM Mm. Punk showed up. And it was like, oh, this is like the old days. Yeah, I can take this. Yeah, that show, it moved really good. I thought they did a really good job of these modern war games matches in the past have kind of dragged a bit. And the, both of them on this show, they did not drag as much. They did a good job of once everyone was in there, they didn't have them go like another 20 minutes. They kept it maybe like half of that, maybe 10 at the most. Mm-hmm. And like they, they kept things moving. Everything was very tight and compact. It, it was a very efficient show. We didn't talk about Randy Orton. Randy Orton's return. I thought Randy Orton's return went really damn well. They had a really sharp idea with realizing that, wait, if we bring him out here with the team, either he's got to go in first or he's going to sit in a cage for 20 minutes before he does anything. Let's just have him not be here and then have him show up last, you know, have him be detained so he can make his big return and then immediately get to laying people out. So I thought they did a great job with Randy Orton. He he got Randy Orton came back looking bigger than ever as as a WWE standard. People seem to go away when they get hurt. They come back uh, looking like he man. <laughs> So (laughs) it is what it is. But yeah, Uh Randy Orton looked good to go. Uh, The ladies war games I thought was really, really good. It sets some groundwork for uh, something I think we will talk about later with someone that put out a training video for their comeback. So Mm -hmm. there's clearly there's pieces in motion. Things are happening. It's for this time of year, usually. I think WWE gets kind of stale sometimes when we hit once Survivor Series is done. And then there's this huge,
0: break, well, Survivor Series had, it hasn't had like that something behind it in a minute. Yeah. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, we were thinking, like, well, should Survivor Series even be a part of the Big Four? Should right. we swap it out for Money in the Bank? Yeah. Yeah. And That's now true. the four has become five, and the Survivor Series has kind of got, you know, some of its uh, gravitas back. Yeah. Uh, one thing it, it does notice now, you know, in all fairness, I didn't watch Survivor Series uh, because, you know, Saturday night, but five matches, uh, the longest Mm. match was 34 minutes, the second longest match was 33 minutes, and that's the War Games matches, which makes sense. Right. The rest of the show, you know, you had nine minutes, seven minutes, and 12 minutes. Yeah. That is a tight show. Yes. And it feels like that this show was booked like an NXT takeover. Mm. Like, just looking at how everything was, the, the way the matches happened, you had the Women's War Games first, you have the other matches in the middle, the men's war games in the end. It really feels like with that type of timing, and you said that it was quarter to eleven Eastern yeah. when uh, Cody, not Cody, but uh, CM Punk made his uh, return. That that is a that is that is a thing that we've seen that happen on on, um, on Takeover before, where you're yeah. waiting for the slug, and oh, okay, now so we can breathe easy again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that definitely feels like the Triple H influence of of war games think, And I'm here for it. Like, if that's the, what the pay-per-view is going to be, like, a nice, the Saudi show is the same way. Uh, you know, as much as you want to hate on it for political reasons, the show itself as a wrestling show is just a nice, you know, tight little three-ish hours, three hours mm-hmm. and 20 minutes-ish show in the middle of the afternoon. Who doesn't love a matinee? So, it, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about this Survivor Series and it definitely feels like for the first time in – you know, a while because Survivor Series definitely fell off uh for a while. And then they inserted NXT for a little bit, like, oh, this could be right. the start of something. They tried good. the
1: brand versus brand thing and yeah. all that. And yeah.
0: then now it's war games, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and obviously that's a, like a countermeasure to AEW's uh you know version of war games. Um, you know, what is it? Uh Blood Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts, yes. Um so you know, nice little little thing there, and, and so AEW does the one big match and what Survivor Series does too, you know. So, so it, it seems interesting. Um, I, you know, I like, and it makes me want to watch honestly. Like not, not because I'm super invested in what WWE has going on right now, but just because, like, you know, that's something I could put on for three hours if I know that yeah. I'm going to be, you know, doing something over the weekend, cleaning the house or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a good little time. So uh, Survivor Series, a good time. Uh, CM Punk is back, whether you like it or not. And that's another thing too. And, and we'll put a pin in it after this. He, there's money to be made.
1: Absolutely. That's just it. What the, the folks that are so worked up about this, right? And calling him a hypocrite, it's like, you really think he could, he's gonna sit at home when he'd have millions of dollars being thrown at him and like, what, just not take it? He, he's in his mid 40s. It's like, come on, right. what the hell do you think? It is what it is. When right. he, we're, he ain't gonna get an opportunity like this anywhere else, you know. The, the the amount of as you said the amount of time he has where he can be a pro wrestler
0: is that window's closing
1: it's closing yeah.
0: and that's assuming that the window hasn't closed and he just has his foot in the uh, in the, in the, in the uh, or his fingers in the windowsill yeah right and before the fingers the fingers break and fall off the other side uh, he is you know drastically trying to you know stay within and relevant okay cool but realistically even if he never wrestles again there's still money to be made. Uh, You know, and and speaking of money to be made, we're going to talk a lot about Ric Flair uh, in in a bit, but uh, let's break here. Uh, You know, we compose ourselves and then we'll come back with the indie Spotlight and the rest of the show, uh, because we're going to blitz through a lot of news after this on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on a Thursday.
2: Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media, with the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt Media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow up on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So, what are you waiting for? Check us out today at biggoldbelt.com. That's biggoldbelt.com.
0: So, back here on a Thursday, I'm Jamal and he's Will, and this is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, how are you doing, folks? So, let's get into the indie spotlight for this week. And this week, it's out in Los Angeles, December 30th. December 30th, just before New Year's, be in Los Angeles. Circle Six Wrestling has the King of the Death Matches tournament. Now, yes. Death matches, I know it's not for everyone. I know that, you know, it's not for the faint of heart either, because some of the names they have, it's going to be heavy. <laughs> it's going to, yeah. Let's hear it. It's going to be, it's going to be heavy. So, uh, or Vite's going to be there. Um, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing names and I, and it, this is how you know it's good. I'm seeing names and then I'm going, but what about this guy? What uh-huh. about that guy? So, um, the bottom line is uh it's the king of the death message uh or invite is one of my favorite matches uh one of my favorite wrestlers you know in the country definitely a top 10 for me uh he's doing a hell of a job this year um it's going to be awesome atticus cougar uh you know going to be in the building it's going to be very interesting king of the death matches and that's going to happen uh, with circle six wrestling at the don quixote uh, Don Quixote is 2811 East Olympic Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. That's in the Boyle Heights neighborhood. So uh, if you're familiar with Lucia Underground, you know, right, you will to be in the yeah. neighborhood. But, yeah, so just south of downtown, uh, you know, right on uh, Olympic Boulevard. Go get you some tacos because that's where all the spots are. Uh, you can get tickets at uh, circle6.shop. Uh, you can check them out on the Twitter machine at circle6 underscore C-O. Uh, so they have all your information there. But it is December 30th in Los Angeles at the Don Quixote. It is Circle Six Entertainment, the King of the Deathmatch Tournament. If you can't make it to L.A., uh, you can check it out on Fight. Uh, you know, I believe uh, Fight TV has a promo going on right now before December 1st. So that may or may not apply to you depending on where you are in the world right this moment. But uh, tickets are available. And one thing that's interesting about this and the ticket uh, you know, selection is that you can select your actual seat in the building. So when you go select your ticket uh, and you see that the seat number isn't how many tickets are left, it's the actual seat number. So GA63 is literally the 63rd seat in the general admission section. Um, So they have a seating map uh, for you uh, for the venue to see, you know, where exactly you want to be. So uh, it's a legit deal. And it looks interesting. I'll be watching on a fight, you know, from where will that be? Thailand. But, you know international (laughs) yeah a little bit so i will be definitely checking it out it's on my calendar but uh circle six wrestling king of the death matches uh down in the uh, don quixote in uh, boyle heights los angeles uh big old belt wrestling podcast indie spotlight for this week as we move on on a thursday so rick flair Uh now the headlines are going to say rick flair is ready to walk away from AEW. now before we get into the why, uh, the first thing is is that people have been hating on Rick Flair, you know, since he got into AEW, and I'm not going to argue about the merits of whether or not he should or should not be there. Some people argue against his age, some people argue against his character, some people mm-hmm. argue against him the person. But on a promo that has not aired, now if you're planning on watching Rampage, uh, the promo. This should be cut from the from the episode that will air on Friday. Flair quote invited all the women in the audience from 18 to 28 to meet him in his hotel room, no boyfriends or husbands. End quote. <laughs> so, uh, good very much
1: Flair. an old school Rick Flair line.
2: Good say. old
0: Rick still has some sauce in the bottle, and he wants everybody to know it. That is, uh, you know. Between eighteen to twenty-eight. Okay, gross, but, but cool. That line is a very Ric Flair line. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's that's the that's the character that he's been for the last four hundred years. So, I I mean I don't understand why the outrage now, or is this just more fuel on the bonfire? So, he says, and he said this on Instagram. Amongst other things, and I quote, I'm so tired of hearing all this negativity. I don't need the work and I don't need the money. I can't, can I simply enjoy being with my dear friend staying uh, his side for the next few months without so much hatred? I know I'm old, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. I have earned the right to do whatever I want and I'm exactly where I want to be. I appreciate Tony Khan, but I'm more than willing to walk away if I've embarrassed you or your company. All I can say is I'm sorry. Now, of course, as we say this, AEW literally just tweeted out maybe about five minutes ago that nope. we will hear from Sting and Ric Flair nope. tonight on Rampage. So that's, you know, that's hilarious.
1: They're not pulling the segment. They're entirety. not pulling the segment
0: entirely, but they could edit yeah. it a bit. So this is, this is a very simple question. Should he stay or should he go? I mean... He is there to a sell his uh, mushroom laced energy drink, right? Um, which is which is the thing. Um, B support Sting, Um, and he did get involved in a match at the pay per view, which is didn't need to happen. But okay, he's not going to work a match. At least that's what the rumor is now. But if it's if he's more of a problem than he is. If he's an attraction for the wrong reason, because CM Punk is an attraction for the right reason now. right? And if Flair's having the opposite effect, should he stay or should he go? This is
1: what's interesting to me about it, because we see the folks that aren't happy about it online. I think, you know, it's in bad taste with, with his, you know, past with, you know, sexual assault allegations. This is just, you know, this doesn't play good in, you know, 2023, you know, it's stuff he could say in the old days, but just, you know, in modern times, this just doesn't work. And never mind the guys in his seventies and all this. So, yeah. um, you know, however you want to take it bad taste or, you know, whatever, or just, you know, bad situation regarding, you know, the allegations that surround him and all this what I kind of wonder is this, how much of this is like folks online being loud about it and how much of it is like, does? does it, out of the, I, don't, I don't see this like reaching like the general public in any kind of form yet, you know? So it's like, I don't know how much of it is like, you know, the most vocal people in the AEW bubble making a stink about it. But it's like, I look at it like this, those folks aren't going to go anywhere, you know? Right. I, th- th- those folks aren't going to turn their back on AEW over this. I don't think now, if they suddenly start doing it, then okay, more power to them. But I get the impression that the, uh, the folks that are making the biggest stink about this, they're too loyal to that company for this to be, this is not the straw. that's going to break the camel's back. Otherwise they would have stopped watching the moment Ric Flair was signed.
0: Right. So, so I guess uh, what you're saying is, and I'm going to just directly quote Will, who literally just said it right now, put up or <laughs> shut up. <laughs> if you're going to bitch about Rick Ric Flair, uh, you know, put up or shut up.
1: Yeah, are you going to watch? The boycott
0: AEW? Over? Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Uh, you you, you know, so either boycott the program until Rick Flair is forced out, or hate watch because that's what it seems like a lot of people are doing now. Uh, yes, the the comment was in poor taste. Uh, today, you know, for a number of reasons, and maybe Khan should edit the 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 content uh, a bit. Okay, fine. But I also think that Ric Flair is a bit overhated. I think that people like to harp on the fact that he is, you know, pushing 80 um, and won't leave the wrestling business. You know, that's the thing. It's not that Ric Flair doesn't have a role. It's just that Ric Flair thinks it's still 1983. (laughs) And by the virtue of the fact that I'm 40 years old, it's, you know, it ain't. (laughs) <laughs> he so, was did anyone show up at the hotel room? You know, did
1: anyone take him up on this offer? Well, these are the questions. I mean,
0: like, let's think. It, and that's also actually, you know, let us know on Twitter. If Rick Flair, if you see Rick Flair at the bar and he's like, hey, if you're between 18 and 28, right and, and he checks ideas and everything going up there, are you going home with Rick Flair? Because yes, sure that is. it is one thing to say that this is you know, reprehensible. But then again, is he actually speaking to an audience?
1: Consenting adults, consenting adults. And maybe someone wants to ride Space Mountain in its 70s, you know, before before the uh, ride shut down for good. I,
0: I which is crazy I mean, because Ric Flair has lasted longer than the actual Space Mountain ride.
1: Right, right. I mean, I think that's to say, I mean, part of this, I think also, I saw a good thing mentioned about this today, is that, like, this goes back to, you know, Tony wants to let these guys go out there, you know, and do their own thing and not be all heavily scripted. But even WWE figured out years ago that, like, they were not going to let Ric Flair out there with a live mic without a very short leash on him or knowing exactly every darn word that was going to come out of his mouth.
0: Uh, what was it? The whole thing kind- ceremony?
1: Yeah. Like, this is what ends up happening. If you let Ric Flair go out there and ramble and do his own thing, it's like, he, this, this is the kind of thing he's going to do. He's going to revert yeah. to being Ric Flair, he's going to give you yeah. Ric Flair.
0: You know,
1: yeah, for being Ric Flair, really. Yeah, Ric
0: Flair is definitely his biggest fan, and that's on you. Like, if you don't, if you haven't seen that Hall of Fame ceremony, Ramblings, or if you don't, if you haven't seen the Migos videos or whatever, uh, (laughs) if you don't know what you're getting into with Ric Flair, that's on you, man. You can't give that man a live mic and say you have eight minutes.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, that that ain't it. That's not it. But but also you know that is a kind of a thing. How much of that is the fault of Ric Flair for being Ric Flair on a day that ends and why, and how much is that is on the fault of Tony Khan for allowing him to be Ric Flair on a day that ends and why?
1: You're putting him on on a taped show, and yes. on your program, and if he ends up doing Ric Flair stuff, how can you really hold that against him? You know, unless you're specifically you know telling him, hey, don't don't say this, don't say that, you know. But right.
0: And then it's also, like, and I know it's a difference between a taped show for broadcast and the pay-per-view, but we did just literally just see, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Adam Page drink the literal blood from the forehead of uh, Swerve Strickland. Right. <laughs> and I didn't hear anything about that from, like, a number of reasons why that's not a good idea to do. Uh, but then you have, um, you know, Ric Flair saying a thing that's that's going to be edited out, um, and people are ready to storm the castle over it. So. Uh, People are picking and choose um, to, you know, people are picking and choose what they want to eat. Uh, Mr. Kiba says, my daddy got banned from a grocery store for for talking to to a cash register, a cashier. Old men will say anything. And that's another thing you just got to understand that, you know, Flair is going to. He's not just a old man. He's the old man. He's made his living. The reason why he's relevant is because he's been talking cashier for 50 years. Yeah. I mean, he's stopping now. That's for sure. He's not going to stop now. So you got to be the one to reign him in. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to stick with AEW news real quick because uh, my absolute literal favorite wrestler in the company, uh, QT Marshall is leaving uh, AEW effective January. Uh, He says that he uh, put out a statement, you know, basically saying his goodbyes, giving the news and uh, alluding to the fact that AEW is going in a different direction um, and that he feels that it doesn't suit him best, Uh, you know, QT, though he wasn't an executive vice president, was a major um, in the backstage role, you know, trainer at the Nightmare Factory, and, you know, former Latin American champion uh, down in AAA. Uh, He was never the guy, but he was definitely beside the guy that went on to do things. So as a wrestler, you know, he's 35 or something like that, and he's definitely in a position where he knows that that window is closed and he wants to move up Um, as a promoter and a booker and doing all the other backstage roles. He also brings that to the table too. So in great, you know, I can't wait to see what he does next because I think he is a fundamentally sound, you know, talent. That's the type of wrestling that I like. And it's why he was my favorite in AEW. But now that you have basically a player coach, Who do you think benefits from his services more? The the easy answer is WWE. Because you have a person that has done the backstage work and a person that can do things in the ring. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: WWE could use a talent like that because everybody could. But his wrestling, his character, his uh, stories... Benefits is more to the WWE style of things anyway. It's the style that Cody, you know, excels in. It's why, you know, people would harp on Cody by making AEW feel so different. Cody definitely had his long winded WWE you know, NWA promos mm-hmm. while the young bucks and Kenny were flipping over everything. Uh, it was a very different show a, a few years ago. QT is among that lies, Cody's best friend. So, him going to WWE makes sense. I can definitely see him helping out Shawn Michaels in NXT mm-hmm. and and getting that. He, he, can, he can do that
1: coaching role, and he can also do the agent role. He can do you know, right. pretty much a jack of all trades. Right.
0: You know? But as much as I think that he, as much as he would be serviceable to NXT, I really think that if you are MLW, you mm-hmm. move heaven and earth to get him. And the reason why is because. He's enough of a name and has been in enough places where he can be a person that attracts talent that may be out of their league and above their pay grade. Oh, okay. Because if you're WWE, QT Marshall isn't going to be your in. It's WWE. You're going to want to go to them. But if you need a reason to go to MLW, a reason to sign for them, because if they have a competent coach that's been a track of all trades. And the number two company in the country. You know, it's 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 all kind of like what Deion Sanders is doing in Colorado. Yeah, sure, that season didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. But also, yeah, sure, his reputation you know precedes him. You can't argue against that. So if you're if you're MLW, this is the time. It's now. You have a new TV deal. You need something that's going to attract people that may be looking elsewhere either at the super indies or impact or tna rather
1: yeah Um, they they honestly have nothing to lose if they write it It, 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 there's no there's no downside to them pursuing him at all right
0: right uh yeah so i I think that it would be interesting to see where that goes you know bidding war whatever and obviously he could just want to wrestle uh full-time if he just has to do that but to get the most bang for your buck Uh, I think he could be a really super huge fish in a very small pond that is MLW. So uh, we'll have to wait and see where he goes as he's scheduled to leave in January. Uh, Sticking with AEW, uh, you know, still, uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Oh, yeah. Now, she tweeted out a thing uh, last (laughs) night just before 10 o'clock. And she says, tonight's Dynamite. MJF live promo time, seven minutes. Christian Cage live promo time, 10 minutes. All of 2023 Dynamite, Britt Baker live 20 promo time. Zero minutes. Now, there's a question associated with that. But I do want to point out that when she tweeted this thing, 9.49 p.m. Eastern, yesterday, it got 1.2 million views to now. Okay. So when Britt speaks, somebody's listening. The question is, AEW has brought in Mariah May. Tony Storm is doing the best work of her AEW career. You still have the ladies in Ring of Honor, you know, that are you know behind the paywall of honor that can easily cross over. And then you know, you have Serena Deeb, and I have news of her that I'll get into in a second. Um, you she, she's ready to make her return. Does a and you have uh Jamie Hayter that's still on the bench uh for right. being uh injured? And God only knows where Thunder Rose is hiding, but you know, uh, you know, so she, she's poised to make a return. Does AEW need Britt Baker anymore?
1: I've been tired of her for a while. The de- the dentist has never done anything for me, but she apparently has always done something for Tony Khan because right. he has, she has been his featured lady from the jump and it has not seemed to let up. And I guess it's let up recently because she hasn't been around, but I, I, I don't have any reason in my head not to think that if she, if he had a re- way he wanted to use her, it would happen immediately. So I don't have that. You know, other the Tony Storm stuff is going good, but I could see him immediately. I could see him plugging her into that all of a sudden, if he wanted to. It's yeah. I th- right. I am so much more interested in something like what's going on with you know when Jamie Hader returns because Jamie Hader was really just getting rolling with that title right. when that right. injury happened. The timing was the timing could not have been worse, and, and she, she immediately
0: comes- has a right to you'll come back immediately for the title again.
1: Yeah, I mean. That that's the number one I want to see. I want to see how this Tony Storm thing goes. Like, there's may- way more compelling people that I'm interested in. To. And I think, as limited as the TV time is there for the women, I don't want to see it spent on the dentist. There's other people I'd rather see featured.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I I like Britt Baker. I like what she did. I like what she what she brought. However, uh, the matches not really there. Uh and she has been eclipsed in the women's division. You know, full stop. Uh because even people like Sky Blue and Julia Hart are on the up. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, sure, uh Jay did leave, but that void is being filled quickly with other people. So if they just got the time to develop an actual storyline, then you know that we can run with some kind of cohesion, cool. But that's a different problem because they're still they're still fighting for the same seven or eight minutes a week that they get, right you know, throughout all of their shows, they get 10 minutes a week. So you do that and then you have to insert, you know, Dr. Baker. I don't know. And I don't know how much she's making, but it's also like, she's not the ace of the AEW women's division anymore. If you would ever consider her that, but the fact that she speaks and 1.2 million views later, you know, in less in about 24 hours suggests that there is an audience for her. I'm just not sure if AEW needs her anymore because they needed her during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed her You know, after that. And unfortunately, you know, injuries and other stuff like that, you know, and, and talent, you know, injuries, talent have caught up with her. but you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, it, it feels different this time with uh, Britt Baker. It feels like she might not be able to wait to talk her uh, way out of, out of this one. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, I mentioned Sarita D uh, quickly. Uh she, has been out of in-ring competition in AEW since October of 2022. Um, it's been a little bit more than a year. And she made a post on Instagram, a video post, and basically says that she's been dealing with uh seizures. Uh, you know, just random seizures that will come through. No your know, prior history of them, nothing in your family. It's completely caught off guard. Yeah. And she's been dealing with that, which scares the hell out of her. Um, number one, and then of course scared the hell out of her because of what that means for her career. Uh, but she did get the good news that she's been cleared by all of her doctors, and whatever this thing is, they are managing it uh, you know, in the way that's allowing her to return. So uh I I bring up Britt Baker, you know, because of the fact that she's complaining about uh the TV time and stuff like that. But it's also like Serena Deeb is another one that wants to come back and, and do a thing and you know that, that woman's locker room is getting pretty pretty crowded very quickly when you add up all the people that should have TV time. Um you know you can only slice that seven minutes too much before it gets before it yeah. gets to be too little. So um last thing really quickly, I haven't seen the Maxim male models, MXM as they're called now, no. since they left <laughs> WWE. And they're gonna make their debut. January twenty seventh at noon. Now that's Royal Rumble weekend. Okay, that's in Tampa. Okay. They're going I- to be at the Egypt San- Shrine Center in Tampa, a part of Effie's Big Gay Brunch Eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, I'm very interested in this. Uh, the, I mean, the Big Gay Brunch. You don't have to be gay to like the show. That's just number one. I know. Uh, no, it's 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 for everybody. Um, but I want to see what they look like outside of WWE, you know, I want to see who they are and Mm -hmm. what a hell of a way to reintroduce themselves to the world at an event like Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which is a show that, yes, it is technically for all ages, but it absolutely can get uh, a little bit wild, Um, especially on the night, of the afternoon, because it is brunch of a big weekend. So they're doing a thing down in Tampa at the um during the Royal Rumble weekend. And of all the places for Mansour and Marseille to uh <laughs> debut, um, I'm surprised that it's there. And you know, so now there's a question do you think that they continue on the indies as a tag team, or do you think that they actually get picked up in a uh in a major TV deal? It doesn't have to be AEW because you know not everybody gets to go there, but Right, you think they're impact bound or you know, maybe they make a way to NWA or MOW? I
1: think the first thing is I love what they're doing with the idea that, hey, we're going to take our act. But like you said, you've never seen these guys outside of the WWE system. So I think right. that's the first wild card is like, let's see what they look like outside of that system and left to their own devices. I think once people see that, that's going to decide: is there interest in them? Is there something here that people might be like, "Hey, we want to see more of this. Let's see what's going on here." But I think this is the first step. Now, where it goes from there, who knows? It's a matter of do do they have something compelling enough to deliver outside the WWE system that will play on the indies? I mean, Lord knows that on a show like that, they're they're going to have a lot of freedom. They're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want. So. Sky's the limit as far as uh, how creative they want to get. So, okay, I, I, I'm curious to see it. I'm yeah, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm definitely curious to see it. But that will happen, Royal Rumble weekend, and we'll definitely keep you updated on uh, what that looks like uh, via the Indie Spotlight over the next, uh, you, know, you know, couple weeks. Uh, definitely before we take our break in January. Last story, while we have time, Mercedes Monet. Yes. Monette. Now, will uh, you? Know, you you were telling me about this. So, if you could catch me up, uh, what's going on with her?
1: Yeah, she dropped a video yesterday, a training video of her back in the ring since her foot injury, and she's, just, you know, doesn't say anything yet, but just makes it clear that she is training, she's taking bumps, she's in the ring, so she's, she's on the road to her comeback. So it's happening. It's happening. It's clearly, you know, this didn't leak out from somewhere else. It was on her official account. So she put it out there. It was a produced video. So she wants it known She's she's coming back. She's, she's heading back. When we last saw her, she was doing stuff with New Japan. She had won their, you know, women's title and all that. And, you know, unfortunately, the injury took her down. So now the question really is, if she's coming back, what's the plan then for 2024? And Where this gets interesting to me is what's going on in that women's war games where we have Io Sky we have Kyrie sane back now. We have Oscar together. We have uh, Dakota Kai hanging out with them. You have the whole side of that match all getting along really good, and they're playing up very clearly. You know, on, on the build up to War Games and all this, that they're all together and they're all kind of talking about Bailey and they're all kind of giving Bailey the side eye. And Bailey lost the match, so I mean, the, the, it, it couldn't be any clearer that the dominoes are falling to Bailey's going to get the boot. Been a long time since we've had a baby face Bailey around. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this and I'm just like, you know, Bailey's going to need help. There's a whole lot of them and there's just her. Sure, they could do Charlotte. Sure, they could do Becky. But there's a piece that would fit like just like a puzzle piece, just perfect. And all the stars are kind of aligning. CM Punk came back. So. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility anymore that, you know, before I think of a while ago, we were talking about, oh, it's inevitable. You know, she showed up at Wembley. She was in the crowd. They showed her on camera. She's got to be AEW bound in 2024. I don't think that's so definite anymore now. Mm. It's, I think there's <clears throat> st- clearly stuff's getting ready to happen. It's a matter of how soon and right. where it'll end up. I don't know. What, what do you think hearing all that?
0: Now uh she just for, you know, clarity she injured she was injured in her match versus Willow Nightingale at That's New right, Japan yeah. uh Resurgence that was back on May 21st. Right. So, you know, when New Japan had gave no timetable as to how long she would be out. Now, while you were going on with that, I did see the video uh on her YouTube channel and you know, it definitely was your <laughs> Mustafa Ali-esque uh training right. you know, montage. Um, the next, the only thing she didn't do was break out of a prison, which right. was the uh, which was the training video to a couple years ago, but it definitely has that feel. You can definitely see that she's in like a walking boot uh, in her in her video as well. So, cool, understandable. Now you ha- now and, and obviously it does seem that you know, AEW has um, you know they're they're shoring up their women's roster. They definitely have some pieces that are on the shelf. They don't necessarily need Monet, but obviously a person of her star power would be a great help. Uh, In WWE, when you leave, time just stops. It doesn't, you know, it's like you go into uh, the wormhole in Interstellar and people turn off Raw. And then they turn back on Raw 15 years later and go, damn CM Punk look old. What happened to him? Right. And, you know, I feel that Monet could have the same, uh, you know, feeling like. She's only been gone for, what, three years or so, so...
1: It has not been long at all.
0: Yeah. So, my God. uh She has new hair now. I, I don't know where she winds up. I don't know where I want her to wind up, to be honest with you, because I think that I'm not convinced that her star power, when she debuted in Japan, is shining as brightly as it is today. Mm-hmm. Now, this is only the first training montage comeback video that we've seen, and we don't know what's to come, because she could announce that she's taking dates. She could announce that, or she could announce nothing. That's also a thing, too. Uh, When you go back to WWE, it's very rarely that you pull out your own product, you know, from a non-WWE source.
1: That's true.
0: So, it's not like CM Punk or anybody else that's going to debut in WWE is going to go on their YouTube page and say, yeah, look for me soon. Wink, wink. So I don't know. I, I don't think that that Mercedes had really the opportunity that she wanted outside of WWE, which could make a lot of sense as to why she would not want to go there. This that was kind of a mulligan, and this is her restart. So does she give New Japan a try again? Does she go AEW? Maybe do the super indies? Maybe maybe the AEW schedule works better for her while she dabbles more into movies. Mm-hmm. You know, never, not having to work, you know, this strenuous WWE schedule. Um, but then again, you know, movies aren't guaranteed, as we've seen that they're coming back from right. See,
1: it seems like that's cooled off, it seems like, in the last year. Yeah. Of course, there was the injury, too. So, I don't know, that that's part of it, too, in my head. It's like, does, is there a is there part of it might be that, you know, that WWE platform is look, maybe has a bit more appeal right now than it did previously, because, you know, out of sight, there's not, you know, there's an old saying out of sight, out of mind, right. you know, yeah. and if you're working yeah. small new Japan shows, you know, in California, it's definitely not the same platform as being yeah. on national TV, you know? Yeah.
0: No, uh, it, it's not. So we'll, again, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, but uh, I guess she posted it on her YouTube. So be on the lookout on her YouTube or, you know, everything else to see uh, what she posts, you know, next, but uh, one one last quick thing. Uh, it is not necessarily uh, it is news, but not necessarily something huge. Uh, if you're a fan of the XFL or you're a fan of the Rock, uh, the XFL-USFL merger uh, has been approved by regulators. So the Rock, who lost sixty million dollars on the deal with the XFL Ooh. last season, yeah, you all know, right, um, is going to have a go at it when they merge, and that's going to happen this year. Um, they're saying that the season uh, for the two spring football leagues will start as a combined entity. March thirtieth. So it'd be interesting to see how The Rock can evolve this thing after a well-received but not financially viable first season. So uh, a really interesting tidbit that came across late in in the the cast today. So it's been an hour. It's been a time, but we gotta go. Then it's the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast for Thursday. Uh, You can catch us all over social media: Twitter, X, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. Uh, at Big Old belt. So uh, once again, a brief reminder, yes, we did see The Iron Claw. We will be talking about it in a non-spoiler and a spoil-laced review. Look for that on the Big Old Bell media channel uh, sooner than later. Um, the movie comes out December 22nd. Uh, you can reserve the tickets now, uh, A24 release, but it's December 22nd, interesting time for release but you gotta watch that spoiler spoiler review to find out why that's such an interesting time to release that movie uh but until next time for damien for niger for mr Cellus in absentia he's will i'm jamal this is the big old belt wrestling podcast and until next week go watch some wrestling <laughs>